is decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? What is up? What is happening? You are tuned into another. I'm lying. What show are we on? Decoding the Krampus. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Decoding the Krampus. I'm Nalzili. And I am Danny. And this week. Yes. Yeah. We are in Australia. Because this is a sneak peek for next week because we have a surprise. Australian, mate. A very Australian surprise. So you'll have to tune in next week to to hear what it is. Yes. So, but this is just to kind of get you hyped up. For next week. For next week. Yes. We love to give you surprises here. Yep. And this is a nice one. And if you haven't seen the title, it's from fraud to murder. So obviously we're going from... Fraud to murder. murder. <laughs> Pretty simple <laughs> to understand. But today we are going to talk about the conning of millions of dollars out of investors, many of which were her own family and friends. Melissa Kadic fabricated one of the most elaborate Ponzi schemes of all time. But when the world came crashing down around her, Melissa suddenly disappeared. An unsightly discovery and several clues suggest her demise. But what really happened to Melissa? Dun, dun, dun! Dramatic music, you know, mm-hmm. got to set the, the tone <laughs> for the show. So, we're going to give you some background, then we're going to go into her Ponzi scheme, and then we're going to go into her vanishing, because, yeah, and we've recently done fraud yeah. on the show with the Tinder Swindler. If you haven't listened to that show. Great show. It was actually Great a very nice man. show. I, I still think he's a, a pig. He but did anyway. well for himself. Yeah, I'll I'll give him that. I just don't like his nose. I've got a thing against noses. She doesn't like Melissa's nose as well. Just I, I literally said that before we started recording. Guys, if you have an ugly nose, don't come be my friend. It's fine. So, who was Melissa Kadic? Well, let's go to east of Australia. Yes. She was born on April the 21st, 1971. Oh, her birthday's coming up, actually. Her childhood was comfortable and her family was middle class yet humble. Her father, Ted, worked in insurance and her mother was a practitioner in physiotherapy. The two were members of the Lions Club and did many acts of charitable work. Melissa was a very good child. It said that in the research. I'm just <laughs> but she enrolled in the secretarial and business course at Patrick College in Sydney. And she then acquired her first job as an administrator at NRMA Investment. However, on one Friday evening nine, in 1992, Melissa was out for drinks when she stumbled across an attractive face. And one drink led to another. And next thing, Melissa believed she had fallen in love. Yes. And a few months later, he left her. But here's the catch. He left her high and dry, maxing out several of her credit cards and stealing <laughs> several of the ma- family members' household items. 
Like this guy was just like, I'm going to leave with a lot. I, I, yeah, I'm leaving, but I'm, I'm you know, it's, what is yours is mine, but what is mine is mine. So I'm taking your stuff. Now. <laughs> I'm taking the it picture with I'm walking me. out with the fridge, <laughs> the washing machine, you know, all the expensive stuff. <laughs> I ain't buying buy my washing machine. That is hectic. This, of course, let Melissa devastated and she learned a valuable lesson that money and trust when in the wrong hands could go terribly, terribly wrong. Which is, it, it is a life lesson to all yeah. of us. Melissa eventually joined a boutique investment bank in Sydney, taking the role of office admin in 1998. She was trusted with large sums of money, but she was no better than her ex because only six months later, it was discovered that she had stolen over $2,000 by forging her boss's signature on checks. So, like, from my perspective, yes, she was good until this guy hurt her. And then she was like, Yeah, you know that, that, that thing, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. She's like, I'm she like, now evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than getting themselves caught up in prosecution and financial security, they gave the Melissa the option to resign and didn't even demand she pay back the money. This is the same rubbish that happened last week in the show with Dr. Death. Exactly. This is the same non. If you don't know what I'm if talking about, go listen to that show. If you don't give punishment and reprimand, then they're going Proper to do it punishment. Uh, anyway, Melissa met British-born backpacker named Tony Caddick and they were married by 2000 in April. Melissa also focused on weight loss and getting fit and in the process hired a personal trainer. It was this personal trainer who introduced her to one of her other clients, a well-regarded financial advisor, a manager of Wise Financial Services. That's the company's name. Yeah. He was looking to train someone new. And of course, Melissa's like, me, me. You know that annoying kid yeah. in the class? It's like, me, me, me. I know the answer. This was Melissa. She's like, I want to, to do this job. And she eventually, they became good friends. Soon after that, she was hired and put on his team. She did very well at her new job and was a fast learner. By the year 2002, she had earned enough money to place a three quarter of a million dollar stake into the business. Her success was so positive that she featured on the front page of the independent financial advisor, honored with the title, A Wise Choice, Australia's Best Planning Practice. I mean, that would get you a lot of trust. Yeah. I can see why people trusted her with her money, even yeah. though she, she stole it <laughs> in the end. <laughs> um, in the magazine, this she warned people against pyramid and Ponzi schemes and insisted that you do background checks on all your financial advisors to make sure they are accredited and qualified, which is the most ironic thing because she did the exact opposite. At this point in time, do you think that was her plan? Or was she honestly do, just I looking do. out think, for people? I think, no, because she had already stolen that money from... If she had done this before she had stolen the money from the other company, I would have said that she had good intentions. But that was not a pyramid scheme. That was just... Yeah, theft. but she's already got that mindset. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Y yeah, you, you get what I'm... Yeah. I think I think I think at this point in time she was just looking out for people. She's like, yo guys, it's real outside. Please don't trust people because this man broke my heart. 
One year later, she grew bored of her role and wanted to expand her portfolio into investing properties. However, her employer would not allow this, so she left the business in 2004, taking $750,000 with her. Melissa then suggested that her and Tony move to England, and by 2006, they were living in a beautiful home in Essex. Tony then finally trained to become a solicitor, and they now had a son, but Melissa was unhappy staying at home alone and being a housewife. A few months later, Tony would come to learn that she'd been having an affair with a old friend. He was her private hairdresser from back in Sydney named Antonio Coletti. She would fly him to Europe oh, not on the, the family's money and then meet up with him on, air quotes, shopping trips <laughs> in different cities like France and Rome. <gasps> yeah. Living a nice life. There. I want shopping trips in France. Me too. Not with Antonio though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, look, she married Tony and then she's having an affair with Antonio. Right? Tony eventually confronted his wife, but she insisted that he apologize because she blamed him for her actions. She's narcissistic. Yep. Tony left his wife and son for a few days to cool down, but when he came back, Melissa was gone with the child, half the home's furniture, and all the money in their joint bank accounts. She did what her exactly. ex did to her. Exactly. Melissa actually sold all the furniture and clothes for her and went back to Sydney. She claimed that her husband had was the one who had cheated and he was an abuser, when she and she then moved into her new boyfriend's house who is Anthony and she also won custody of the house back in England and sold it for a whopping 1.7 million dollars so then basically Tony our friend was on the street shame she took everything so now we move on to her scheme because if this is not enough she she did more mm. so she wasn't afraid to use someone's face for financial gain so she hatched a plan. She wasn't going to be able to get filthy rich with just one or two people. And what she did was she developed an entire platform from the year 2012 onwards. Melissa began to call her friends and even her own family as a financial advisor. They then would, were sent a seven-page manifesto from the company that she called Malava Financial Services, and Melissa promised that if they invested their money into the business, she would be able to maximize their earnings. She was neither accredited or qualified as a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. Once a client sent money to the company's bank account, she would create fake screenshots of fake trading accounts at the end of every month and then would email them to the investors along with a fake monthly report which would highlight a 30% increase in profits. Every month, because of these astonishing earnings, her investors would either grow in confidence and give her more money or point new clients in her way. Her account turned from thousands to millions and she began spending the money as she pleased. She'd spent over 48000 on Chanel, 275000 on flights abroad and 229000 on Dior. And she also spent 25000 on protein shakes. How many protein shakes? Protein shakes are gross. For me, it's like when you're spending all this money, I know we have SARS here. I don't know what they have in Australia. But where's Australia's SARS to go? Where's your money coming from? 
Yeah, I don't know. Because this is rubbish. The fact that she was able to do yeah, all I mean, of this I know, and for example, if I do, uh, even not even just SARS, my bank, if I do a purchase that is not usual, like yeah. over, let's say I, I spend a thousand rand yeah. at one place, immediately I'm getting an SMS, is this you yeah. making this transaction? They are so strict here with that yeah. kind of stuff. Because the one time someone had actually... Um, I don't know how they'd done it, but they'd like cloned our credit card. And next thing we were getting a phone call from the bank. Oh, is this you spending 16,000 Rand on furniture? We were like, no, uh, no, no, that's not us. And they luckily stopped the transaction. But I mean, how is this? How? Happening? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. She would make her business appear more exclusive by telling potential clients that her books were full. And when they were disappointed, she'd later call them and tell them that a spot had opened up, but they had to act fast. Melissa not only deceived her way to the top, but was now spending millions of dollars every year on luxurious costs. And over eight years, she ranked in over $30 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And it's from your family and friends, Nuchal. But Not it's also a lot of work. Because mm. she had to send them these fake things and create okay, these fake things fair, and, and, and. You're not doing any other job. You have time on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> and you have time for trips. So, now, she vanished. Because cracks in Melissa's scheme started to form in the year 2019 when a tip came in to ASIC, which is kind of like a financial investigation service in Australia. Yeah. A second tip came in November and a third tip came in June 2020. And this is when they realized they needed to start investigating her. They discovered that the license she was using belonged to her old friend. And after this, they kept her under careful observation for the next few four months, detailing every transaction and movement she made. Eventually, on November 10th, 2020, they froze her assets and seized her passports and the following day raided her home. Melissa was um, well, her days of outrageous, outrageous spending were over and she had the possibility of facing jail time. Yeah. So then, to many, it was no surprise that the early hours of the next morning, Melissa suddenly disappeared and was never seen again. 30 hours later, her husband phoned to report his wife missing and the detective sprang into action to locate her because, I mean, this is a, a criminal. Yeah, she's gone. Criminal. Yeah, she's gone now. Her crimes were not minor and she had conned some very powerful people as well as families and friends, which could have wanted to get revenge. So did she disappear on her own accord or someone else's? Investigating officers began by searching through phone records, but there were no activity. She also had left her phone and keys at home and her bank accounts remained untouched. There was also no sightings on surveillance footage around her residential areas. Now, there are a few theories. The one is that she never left and instead decided to lay low somewhere nearby, but then... Surely they would have found her by now. Yeah. Um, another was that she was kidnapped and someone, like we said, was looking for revenge. Yeah. The third was that she jumped off the cliffs near her area. However, many of her friends and family disputed this claim because they never found a body. The search for Melissa um, went throughout the rest of Australia and, well, they could, they could, they just had to search Australia because she didn't have passports. Yeah. So... Now, the one thing that could have happened is she could have had a bunch of cash with her, taken the cash, got a fake passport and left the country. That could be a scenario because, I mean, there's no way she could have just vanished into the night unless she was dead. Yeah. 
mean, surely someone would have spotted her. Especially as, as the case became more high profile, it went more onto news and it was broadcasted. People knew her face. Yeah. So I'm sure someone, someone would have spotted her. Unless she got plastic surgery. There were possible sightings that came out in throughout the country and it created a lot of noise, like we said, and it just it would have become more and more difficult to stay hidden. A mm. hundred and one days after her disappearance, a single foot washed ashore on February the twenty first, twenty twenty. The foot was still inside the shoe, rotten. The shoe matched the size and description of Melissa's running shoes. And oceanograph... English there does mm. not work. Oceanograph... Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can say this word. Oce- oceanograph... Graphers. <laughs> <You see>? Oceanographers. <laughs> there you go. You see, they tried to gain an understanding and they said from where the foot was found and where they thought Melissa had be well where she where her residential areas the current pattern matched so the the foot would have floated in that direction yeah however it did take longer than what they expected it to have taken they did dna testing on the foot and compared it to dna from her toothbrush and it matched so it was melissa's But there was still speculation to if she was actually dead because her family and friends, again, didn't believe she would take her own life. Um, But, I mean, she had just lost a lot of money. She would lost her family and friends. Because think about it. They're not going to find out you conned all this money out of them. I mean, you can't imagine what mental state she might have been in. Yeah. It was obvious that Melissa's foot had experienced severe decomposition. But many analysts says that it was too little decomposition for her being spent in salty water for a hundred. And I mean, salt is very corrosive. So did someone kidnap her, torture her and maybe then kill her and the foot get, and she got, why, but why cut the foot off? You get what I'm saying? I feel like she cut her own foot off. Yeah. So that is one of the theories is one of the theories is that people believe she cut her own foot off to get the heat off her back so that she could, escape her yeah. husband believes that he w- she was murdered and stated he never knew about her ponzi scheme and with no new leads, a liar clues or um her assets have now been liquidated to pay off all the money she stole yeah. and she's already officially been stated as deceased but i also want to know why did the husband wait 30 hours yeah i mean if my wife did not come oh, maybe my husband my husband didn't come home I mean, at after the end a of the jog, day, after, it's not like not even gone. after a jog. Like if maybe they went to the fr- to a jo- from the jog to work. If they didn't come home at the end of the day, I'm I'm phoning them. Yeah. I'm stressing. Yeah. Where are you? I'm phoning their friends. I'm phoning their workplace. Why wait thirty hours? You wait. You telling me you slept peacefully, not knowing where your wife was. And usually, it's um, maybe he did know about the scheme and he helped her escape. I think he did. But you know what? Another thing is right. So we said the theory, maybe she, I mean, she could have really also, there are some really remote places in Australia because there are places that there is no population. Yeah. It's very deserted. So that could be an option. My reason is that one of the things that would have been really difficult for her to get out of Australia is because of Australia's COVID protocols. I don't even know if she would have been able to leave when she disappeared. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because she, they... They, yeah, you see, November 10th, 2020, that's when she was, that's about the time they, she disappeared. That, you couldn't get in and out of Australia then. 
But for me, it's like... You get what I'm saying? I've got 30 million. I probably have a private plane. Okay, that I is true. I probably can fly out of there. I have offshore accounts if I'm as smart as... I mean, they confronted her and then okay, they left her true. in her yeah. house. Why didn't you arrest Why her? Why didn't okay. you arrest her? Yeah, I know. Okay, that does make sense. It just... It, I do think it was a bit of a mission to get out yeah. of Australia. But I do, yeah. But then if she got out, how did the foot get back? She probably sent it back. Because there's no way she cut the foot off uh, when she f- originally went no. missing because of the decomposition. Yeah. So did she lie low for a bit, probably. cut the foot off, and once the heat was a bit down, fly out the country when she was able to maybe collect some money to get out? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I know the guy, the, the husband, was also so angry when they like took his car back and he's refusing to give the house back. His song you see, is so stupid. It's so, and he writes this song. It's about spaghetti and woman. I was like, what? Are you singing? It's so dumb. But anyway. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think she's dead. No, I don't think so. She's too smart. She came up with the plan that swindled and, and you're 30 telling million me, over eight you're years. You're telling me the, the, the day after they come and seize your assets and stuff like that, already someone has planned your, your Do you murder. Do understand? I mean, the news probably wouldn't have hit yet no. to everyone that she knew. Yeah. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely think she's she's alive somewhere out there. Melissa, if you're listening, let us know somehow. We won't tell anyone. <laughs> but we just want to know. Don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that is all for this week. Remember, next week we have a surprise. Yay. So, make sure to join us. But from now until next time. No mornings. No funerals. <laughs> Like what you're listening to? Follow Active FM on all social media platforms. On Facebook, it's forward slash Active FM Online Radio. On Instagram, at Active FM 777. On YouTube, Active FM. And on Twitter, at Active FM.